This is Kyle McCord, and you're listening to Austin, Felix, and Matt on the Debbie Debate. Welcome to the Debbie Debate. All right, boys. Are we ready to debate? Austin, you tweeted something, girl. You tweeted your running back rankings. Explain yourself. Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. You jumped up and... That's Austin Nate. Who is going to be that guy? And for me, Bijan Robinson is still going to be that guy. Back to the ground with Robinson, who spins and then tries to bounce it. A stiff arm, another one as he rides it, keeps his balance. They're going to say he stepped out, but I'm... I'm Felix Sharp. I know you didn't think that we would get through this episode without mentioning the name one Zach F. Wilson. Screener draw. Oh, Wilson is going to uncork for the end zone. And he drops it in beautifully. And it is his roommate, Dax Milne, on the touchdown. That's Matt Brody. G. Scott Jr. Obviously, I whacked poetic about him on the last episode, so I won't do that again here. And this time it's Fields on the carry. Watch out! Justin Fields! Hello, Columbus! 51 yards! Vernon, are you ready to go head-to-head with me? I am. Gotta get my popcorn out here. Hold on. Gotta continue. I forgot. Kyle McCord is going to end up winning the job. He's going to be rated higher. Um, well, I'm not nearly as passionate about what I'm about to talk about. <laughs> Our apologies to Kirk Street and Adam Time will get rescheduled soon. And for Matt Bruning and Austin A's, I'm Felix Sharp. Good night and good luck. It's 9.30 Eastern time, the time zone where the Queen of England lives. That means it's time for the Debbie Debate, brought to you by TV Guide. That's Matt Bruning, that's Austin Nace, and Chris Moxley, and I'm Felix Sharp. On a Capernaum-ish version of tonight's show, we preview the national championship game. Will Antonio Brown wear a gold jacket? And Kirk Herbstreet tells us to get off his long. But we start with Jackson Smith and Jigba's performance in the Rose Bowl, Austin Nace. 15 receptions, 347 yards, and three TDs. Austin, the conversation is already whether or not Jackson Smith in Jigba has surpassed Kayshawn Boutte as the number one receiver in Debbie, in C2C. But I just need to ask you, I mean, it's it's even beyond that. Are you ready to accept Jackson Smith and Jigba into your heart as your Lord and Savior? I've. As soon as you said beyond that, I knew that was your question. Yes, I am willing to accept JSN into my heart. Um, so I have been listening back to old Debbie Debate episodes here for the past two days. I am through to, I think, episode 11 or 12 of the show. So if you want some really good, interesting listening, go back and listen to this first two. About 20 minutes into the first episode, we're talking about some guys in the Big Ten we like. We're previewing... Uh, At the conference we for the year, Julian Fleming is a rich man's DJ Moore. Let's go get the. Let's go get. Did I freeze? You did, but go ahead. You're back the, now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Felix said, "You know, let's go." You know, Julian Fleming, rich man's DJ Moore. Matt said, "G. Scott Jr. Look at this guy run routes." And I said, "I actually like JSN," and that's how the conversation went. 
That's literally how the conversation went. <laughs> Lo and behold, here we are. JSN, not only the best wide receiver out of that group, he is the second best wide receiver in all of college football. Great, great player. Great, great game. Has taken over a wide receiver room that's full of talent. It's a bunch of guys that are going to go in the first, second round of the NFL draft. He sent Jamison Williams to Alabama. Jamison Williams should write JSN a thank you card for that one. I don't think he can quite touch Keishon Boutte, but I mean, his his box scores for this year are just ridiculous. So, I I mean, I, I think he's a top 15 NFL draft pick. I, 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 Boutte's a little bit of a better athlete. That's the only thing that's going to separate them for me. So, I, I love both these guys a lot, and I think... I don't know what kind of stats he's going to put up next year. 120 catches? Is that a possibility for him in, in, in 2022? Yeah, I mean, but guys, I mean, don't we have to get give some consideration that he was being lined? He was lining up against a running back who never played corner. I mean, Chris Moxley, you were watching this game. Yeah, he went off, but I mean, Utah's secondary was depleted. Yeah, they were down three of their four top four corners or like pieces in their secondary and he was lining up against a running back and the running back had never played corner. Like this isn't the guy who played it in high school. He had never played corner at any point. Um, which is, which is absurd considering like you're just going to shift him there, which speaks to how great of an athlete and like probably like his versatility is, but like JSN tearing it up against a, like a running back converted for one game. Like we saw Keishon Boutte do this in the bowl game last year. Like I, if we're going to put them head to head, like I want the guy who did it a year ago in a bowl game against like a better secondary and not a run, not a running back. You can't go wrong with them. Like to be totally fair. I love them both. I'm not going to disparage either, but I, one came against running back. I mean, I, would you got Matthew? Would you take JSN above the 2022 class? So Traylon Burks, um, uh, Garrett Wilson, David Bell, George Pickens. Would you uh, elevate him above those guys? Is the 2023 wide receiver class? You know, does it have real two real stars? Yes, because I would take Boutte over all of them as well, and I don't think JSN is that far behind him. Again, I, you know, I, I'm with with Austin and Moxley here too. Like I love JSN; it was phenomenal. You know, as Moxley just pointed out, he it was like 120. Again, it was 395 yards altogether. At least 120 of them came on the two touchdown receptions where he burned uh, Brown there, and it was just it was not even fair. But as as Moxley pointed out, like Boutte was doing this as a freshman. JSN had like one good game as a freshman. Butte's been doing it for two years. Jason's going to get his moment to shine. I think regardless if Butte comes back on the field next year, Jason's likely going to outproduce him because he's going to be the guy in that Ohio State offense. But they're very, very close. But I just – I I can't – I all understand the argument for Jason over Butte, but it's Butte for me, and they're both over everybody in the 2022 class. We, we, speaking of Kayshawn Boutte, we should confirm that there was some speculation that he would transfer potentially to Alabama this season, and he has confirmed on Twitter that he is not uh, going anywhere. Um, Jackson Smith and Jigba was not the only person to, to burn up that Utah secondary. Marvin Harrison Jr., uh, six receptions, 71 yards, three touchdowns. 
I think that this is actually just an extension of the spring game. When we lose the 2022 class, it's going to be, uh, uh, Matthew, it's going to be Marvin Harrison Jr. who's elevated into the starting lineup, and that's the guy you should have. He's going to be on the outside. Jackson Smith and Jigba is going to be in the slot. And it's not Julian Fleming. It's going to be, it seems like it's going to be Marvin Harrison Jr. And again, this is the same thing that we saw in the spring game. Yeah, and I mean, well, you don't want to own Julian Fleming, but he's going to be the other guy there. Um, and I think that kind of sucks for for Mecca because they're not going. It doesn't seem like they're going to move JSN outside. They're going to keep him in the slot, and that's really where Mecca played most of his sn- snaps this year. I don't think he played did much in the bowl game either. For those of you who don't know, he's been dealing with a concussion for like three, four weeks leading up to the bowl game. He did get cleared for that, but yeah, Marvin Harrison Jr. He's going to be the other guy on the outside. <laughs> And and with Julian Stroud had, I believe, like the second highest A dot for a quarterback this year. So he is not afraid to take deep shots. And I do think that's going to be the guy they go to is Fleming. But with how much he loves to go over the middle of the field, especially like he did to JSN this year, I really think that JSN and Marvin Harrison are going to be the guys for him in this offense. I mean, Harrison's going to have a, a phenomenal season. I'm 100% with you. Hey, Matt, what about uh, Jaden Ballard? Have you heard anything about how he's so... look there this year? Because I, I, Colin and I were talking about this at some point the other day, and I was like, there's only four guys there. Like, yeah. Ohio State's known for rotating five, six. Is Ballard kind of that fifth guy that can yes. turn himself into a role because he's a burner? So Ballard is the five, the five right now. And there with with Wilson and Olave leaving and JSN being like the only guy that they can trust, from what I've heard, it's gonna be like we saw it a lot more this year than we did the year last year with the COVID season, right? Like we saw Harrison and Emeka get on the field a lot more this year than we saw JSN Fleming and G Scott before his switch to tight end the year prior. It's almost gonna be like a 60-40, 55-45 swapping with all those guys. I think JSN is gonna be the only guy that stays on the field a la a Wilson and Olave, where it was like 95% of the snaps are on the field. JSN will be there. I think Harrison, uh, Ibuka, Fleming, and Ballard will be switching in and out. So Ballard is a guy that I think could have a sneaky season because he's going to be the guy that switches with Fleming. And the one thing we've said about Fleming too is, dude has dealt with injuries literally every single year that he's been in college right now. If he gets a couple injuries and is out, Ballard's moving to that outside spot, so he could be a guy who who makes a big impact on this offense. Well, Austin, now we've talked about all of the wide receivers in Ohio State's, Ohio State's depth chart, with the exception of Emeka Abuka, the number one wide receiver in his class. He plays the same position as Jackson Smith and Jigba. Are we going to have to wait another year before he realizes his value. My take on Igbuka coming out of high school, and I did like him. I think he was my wide receiver eight in the class before they stepped foot on campus. And those are kind of the rankings that I generally go by when I you know, reference what I've done in the past. My big thing on him was that I think he's a slot guy, and I think he's only a slot guy. Like a Juju Smith-Schuster kind of guy. That like he probably could get on the boundary if he really wanted him to, but I think his the slot is going to be his home. So yeah, I mean, if they can't get JSN out of the slot, then I don't think Agbuka has a spot outside. Like I, I just think he's the odd man out. It's kind of an odd fit there. I don't know that he transfers though. Like back home is Washington. I don't know if you'd want to go to either of those schools. You go somewhere else maybe, but like at 
he's just kind of stuck there. I, I'm a little surprised they don't move JSN outside at all and put him in the slot. So, I mean, he might have only run once one route from the slot in the bowl game, as Chris is telling me, but like that kind of accentuates my point. He didn't do anything in the bowl game. So I like I I just don't think that he can perform on the outside right now. So just to, on on Mecca really quick, again, he because he was dealing with the concussion a lot of the second half of the season. He did run 80, 80 snaps in the slot and 64 outside this year. So, I mean, they did use him outside, but I think he's still going to be third in that rotation on the outside behind Harrison and Fleming regardless. So, Do, do you have the distribution? Which, I was just going to ask if you have the distribution of when – he was doing that, and Jason was in the game. Like, did that did that overlap at all, or is that just like blowout Ooh, time? That, let me let me see if I can pull that up really. Quick. I just curious. I would assume I, a lot of it was blowout because yeah. I can pull up his really quick. And while while you're pulling that up, Matt Matthew, um, one thing I got right on this season was Marvin Harrison above Emeka Abuka in my rankings, or it feels like I've gotten that right at least up until this point. Um, but one thing I got wrong is I said that I thought that Ohio State would be more run-focused with a first-time starting quarterback. They were, they were not. They were not. Ryan Day was absolutely trying to get C.J. Stroud um, the Heisman Trophy, and you know he had the season that he did. So we, know, we now know that moving forward, even when C.J. Stroud uh, eventually goes to the NFL, it's going to be something that I remember when we consider Devin Brown, who is a player that we will likely talk about at some point in the future. Did, did, were you able to bring that up? Matt. Yeah, uh, most of it was when he was not on the field because out of his – oh, man, I just closed it. Let me pull back up. Out of his 681 total snaps on the season, JSN's 562 of them came in the slot. So, I mean, almost 90% of them were in the slot. And from what I'm looking at here, it looks like Mecca was literally only coming in for the most part when JSN was not on the field. Makes sense. But that's not totally bad. Jared asked if do we think that they go back to running the ball more next year with Henderson? I think this backfield just narrows, to be honest. Master Teague's going to the NFL yeah. draft, apparently, which is hilarious. Um a lot of dudes, yeah, just <laughs> opting in to be undrafted free agents. But so he saw, I mean, Williams, he saw the Mayan Williams writing on the wall. And he's that's what I was about to say. I think it's a narrower backfield now. In, in his defense, what else is he gonna do? I mean he can be. He can back Ryan up Williams, Williams. past him. Yeah, and the Henderson's leading rusher. Like- the leading rusher in the Big Ten as far as yards per carry average. The leading rusher in the Big Ten as far. We as got as a as minimum as qualifier for that. Well, you know, one run in Felix's book to prop to prop up Mayan Williams. Yes, you got to put in as many as many qualifiers <laughs> as you can. <laughs> All right, Austin, uh, uh, you got housekeeping. Go ahead. Housekeeping. Um, I think this week is a good week, cop. I flip a coin before the show, and whatever it lands on. Uh, uh, tails is, is bad cop heads is good cop and landed on heads tonight so guys please if you want to go ahead uh check out our youtube page campus to canton go ahead and subscribe over there we just did a whole series of like 25 videos on freshmen that are coming in on signing day there's going to be a lot more where that came from a uh, ton of other videos going to be going up throughout the off season as well so go ahead subscribe over there um, or if you're watching us there right now hit that button while you're on the page podcast guys if you can give us a five-star review on wherever you listen to the show that would be amazing um can always help us uh you know our, our placement on the charts so to speak and we usually do some sort of giveaway at least twice a year 
uh, to people that have rated and reviewed. Uh, so go ahead, do that. Website, guys, if you haven't checked out campuscanton.com, go ahead, $2.99 a month, $29.99 per year. Just a ton of stuff over there, guys. I can't even begin to start. We have our Discord. We have articles. We have rankings. We just released our first set of incoming freshman rankings, 100 deep. Um, and, and those will get progressively longer as the offseason goes on. All sorts of ADP. And we've got a lot more coming this offseason, guys. We're making moves behind the scenes. So go and check that out. And then last but not least, I think I'm turning it over to you, Felix. Speaking of move behind moves behind the scenes, do you have a hard time finding your favorite CBS shows? Looking for house calls with Dr. Phil but can't find your date and time? Well, TV Guide has you covered. Your favorite magazine giving you when and where your favorite CBS, CMT, and Fox News shows conveniently located in the checkout lane of your local grocery store. When you need TV, check TV Guide. Proud sponsor, I mean not a proud sponsor, of the Devi debate. All right, let's move on here to... Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. When I was listening to those old episodes of Debbie Debate, I came across a segment that we used to really do uh, do like every week that I loved. Oh, and yeah. we've gone away from it because I think we let Matt stump us once or twice and then it bruised Felix's ego. He's the driver here. <laughs> Matt, let, let's bring back this trivia question that we do every night. Say it now and then we'll try to answer it at the end of the show. So we'll give us and then everybody listening a chance to kind of think about it, marinate in it. and uh, Oh, man, you guys get time to think about it. You could just go and look it up really quick. Like, uh it's like Scout's honor, Scout's honor. I was a boy yeah, scout the honor system. I, I feel I feel like Moxley might actually be able to get this. But okay, so I'm gonna start with this. Uh I went back all the way to 2017, mostly because I mean, look, Felix, I only you only allowed me to do two and you got neither of them right. And one of them, like I previewed ahead oh, of time. Khalil Herbert. So yeah. no, the other one was Javante Williams, which I'm pretty sure Austin got right. And I even mentioned it like an hour before we went on show about Javante Williams and Michael Carter, and you still got it wrong. But anyways. So I'm back to 2017 just because I was a little bit short on time. And all of these running backs finished top 10 in all these categories. Yards, yards after contact, 10-plus yards, 15-plus yards, breakaway yards, first downs, attempts, rushing grade, and yards per average. One of these guys really stands out. You guys will understand. Jonathan Taylor did it in 2017 along with guys in that draft class, Rashad Penny, Devin Singletary. They were the only three who were top, top 10 in all of those categories. In 2018, Jonathan Taylor, Travion Williams. 2019. Jonathan Taylor, J.K. Dobbins, A.J. Dillon. A.J. Dillon did miss the 15-yard runs, though. Uh, and then in last year's class, Najee did it, but missed in breakaway yards. Javante and Carter both did it, but they also they both missed in attempts, obviously, because they were splitting time. So what does that say, really quick, before I get that? Obviously, all of these running backs outside of probably Travion Williams have been very good or at least decent in the NFL, right? There is only one running back in this class right now that has finished top 10 in all of those. And he was also one of the highest zone rushing running backs. Again, I'll give you the categories again. This he is the 2022 10. class? 2022 class. This class right now. He finished He finished top 10 in yards, yards after contact, yards for, runs for 10-plus yards, runs for 15-plus yards, breakaway yards, first downs, attempts, PFF rushing grade, and then yards per average. Who am I? I'd be very curious to see if anybody gets this right. Two four six zero one. I don't know what Sorry, that means. But. What it's a, it's a, it's a theater joke. 
Speaking okay. of, I don't, I'm not gonna explain it. I thought it was gonna be like the area code of where the kid was at. <laughs> if you get Chris Moxley with theater joke, teeth, he's dropping please, the area code. If you get his theater joke, please tweet us at Debbie Debate because I definitely will get it. It's but from a very famous Ghost Broadway Ghost. play. Very famous Broadway play. I was listening to old shows too, and one thing Matthew used to do when he was mad, and he he would ask all of these rhetorical questions and then wait for wait for answers. Like that's that's what that was his his thing when he was. I upset. like to be proven right. I'm sorry. Well, I mean the the Jets did in fact take Zach Wilson over Justin Fields, so wrong there. All right, let's uh let's move on here to some news. There's a lot of stuff happening uh, in football, in college football, and in um, uh, in the NFL. You know, once the season is over, we dip into the NFL a little bit. Austin, I'm going to throw this one to you, Kirk Herbstreit. Uh, Essentially, in the pregame show to the Rose Bowl, I believe, with in California, no, in Miami, in Miami, I think it was 57 degrees. He's got Desmond Howard sitting next to him with a coat on and earmuffs. And he's talking about how um, the kids of this generation just don't love football. What do you, what was your reaction to, um, Clint Eastwood, I mean, Kirk Herbstreet's comments about, about the youngsters these days. Well, back in Kirk Herbstreet's day, when you signed as a rookie, you got a $400,000 contract as the first-year player. So um, there's a lot more money on the line at this point um, f- for all of these kids. I think we've just gotten enough. What are you pointing up for? I'm just shaking my finger like that's okay. what Kirk. That's what you're telling that's me to talk Kirk louder Kirk or something. Doing. I was like, no, 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 no. Talk like, louder here, man. This is a residential area. Those, I can't be screaming those, here. Um, <laughs> I, I think the money, the money is a big issue. But I think we've just seen enough guys in the past ten years go into that bowl game and destroy their entire career. Like I don't even think this isn't with with the way some of these kids are making money now. I I don't I don't know that that would necessarily offset it. But I I just these guys can't conceptualize the 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 difference in money. Like these are the same people that say I bought a house working my my you know job at the factory and I have my whole pension and everything. And it's like yeah, that would get me like a mid sized apart. Like th- th- this concept just does not does not. You you would work think for them at all. I mean, we've seen this with Jake Butt. We've seen it with Jalen Smith. We've seen it go back to uh, I always forget his Marcus Lattimore, the running back from from South Carolina. I mean, where they have these injuries and it detrimentally affects their earning power at the next, at the next level. Jalen Smith fell to the second round. Uh, Jake, Butt was a projected in the first round, went in like the sixth round. I mean, that's millions of dollars he lost. So I just, I can't believe that we are still at this point where Kirk Herbstreet is shaking a very stern finger, Chris Moxley and saying, these, these young boys, these young boys need to be playing in these pole games because they don't love football. Imagine telling these guys that they don't love football and then watching the DeCarion Joyner interview for South Carolina after the game. He hadn't thrown, he was recruited in as a quarterback, had not thrown a pass in two years, hit two huge touchdowns in the first quarter, was crying, like was in tears, just so emotional after the game and said, never give up on your dreams. This is all I ever wanted. Tell these kids they don't care about football. They all care the same way. They just understand that there is more to um, the game, like providing for your family. There's just 
it, it, it's it's so much more. And even look at like Mike Gundy, who's a coach. He said this is the biggest win in program history when they beat Notre Dame. Like, tell these guys these games don't matter, like to their face. And I I think Herbstreit would get laughed at. I I really do. And I, he backtracked his comment some, but like you laid it out there, dude. You gotta you gotta like you gotta own it. Like you you gotta own it. That is. I hope he comes on after the show and or well at the end of the show. Well, we really do. Decided. We have him scheduled. We have him scheduled yeah, for the, I really end like to of hear from the him. show today, and he he decided to give us an exclusive to kind of expand on what he had to say. Matt, you're you're sitting taking a deep breath like you want to say something. Well, I'm not going to defend him. Friend of the show. Friend of the Felix, show. Felix, you and you and me are. L- I actually don't know how old Moxley is, but we're older than Austin. Like we were, I think like in high school, when, like Austin was like a glimmer in his parents' eye. It feels like when we talk about things and he's like, what's that? We, j- and Her- Her- Herb Street's obviously older than us as well. Like it was just a different time. And I think what those guys would tell you, cause I've seen it. Cause I've been arguing with those people on Twitter for like the past week and a half about all this with the Ohio state stuff. I've been back and forth with all these Ohio state fans telling me that Olave and Wilson don't love football and they don't love Ohio state. Cause they opted out. You say all those players injured themselves and they cost them draft cap, but you named three players. So I guarantee you those people are going to say, Oh, well that's the minority, right? Like that doesn't happen that often. So you should, you could get injured in practice. Chris Olave could say, Hey, I'm opting out of the bowl game. I'm going to go pre- get prepared for the NFL. And he goes and he's training and he tears his Achilles while he's training. You can get injured anywhere. I'm not agreeing with that. I am a hundred percent on your guy's side. I'm just telling well, you. Sounds like you're agreeing with it, but that's yeah. their argument for it. I also think again, just to, I'll defend Herb street here a little bit. I don't know how much sleep that dude had. I feel like that was a lot of comments born out of just kind of sleepless stupidity. Uh, but it was just his his comments about players today not loving the game. And I, I think it was Desmond Howard who agreed with him, saying that when they came up, all those players I'm so sick loved of Desmond Howard. playing so fo- of Desmond playing football Howard. is a bunch of cro- is it's a bunch of bullshit because players back then not every player loved football just like now. Well, let's be honest. There are players that are strictly playing football for what it does for them. They don't love the game. But you know what? It's the same five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. It, it has not changed. The one thing I will also say, because Austin, you mentioned it with with, with Kirk Herbstreit's contract when, when he would have been a rookie in the NFL. I also don't know that college football was as much of a business back then when they were coming up like it is now. Maybe that's what they can't grasp. Maybe, maybe that's what is hard for them to understand is that now – the players can actually and treat this like they should as a business. And maybe that's what they don't understand about it because that's like the, the Rose bowl that, that, that Rose, the Rose bowl is always going to mean something like it's a massive bowl game. And so maybe for them, like he, they talked about it on the broadcast, right? Like that's something they wished and dreamed about every year when they started, like I want to play in that game. doesn't mean as much now. It just doesn't. Not even not counting the playoffs. It just doesn't when you have a chance to go and make millions and millions of dollars and have a chance of losing that by getting hurt on the field. They don't understand the business side of it is my my opinion on it. I think we need to start looking at these games. We do not need to look at these games like the last games of their seasons. We need to look at them as the first games of the following seasons because that's really what it is. essentially is what the team or essentially what the team is going. I mean, just think about what Florida looked like last year in its, in its bowl game without 
Kyle Trask or Tra- Kyle Trask not playing in the second half. They got dump trucked by um, by Oklahoma in that game. It really is a look at what the team is going to look like moving into the spring as your draft eligible guys sit out. Rightfully so. We didn't. One name we didn't say is Matt Corral. I don't even know what Matt Corral's injury was, but he plays in the bowl game and suffers through it. And and the whole thing about well. We there this there's just a minority of players who have gotten injured. I mentioned Jake Butt. The evening before Jake Butt played in that game with Michigan, Christian McCaffrey sat out sat out his bowl game with Stanford. So I mean, for every player that there who has been injured, there have been players, there are more players who sat out their bowl game and were not injured. So it's a dumb comment. All right. Let's move on here, Chris Moxley. Wait, who's the pit? No, no, no. We got to throw this to Austin. Because he is the the Pittsburgh fan. He's got a Le'Veon Bell jersey uh, right there behind him if you aren't watching on YouTube, which you should be. Antonio Brown, he goes nuts uh, against the Jets. One of the craziest stories of the season. I think his season is over. Or excuse me, his career is over. With his career over, Austin, do you think that Antonio Brown is a Hall of Famer? No, I don't. Um, I thought that if he could just shut up and get through two more football seasons, I think he would have made it. I really, really do. I think people would have not forgiven, but forgot or uh, forgiven, but not forgotten him making his him forcing his way out of Pittsburgh. I think they could have forgiven him and his antics in Oakland. I think they could have even forgiven, you know, beyond the football stuff, the alleged sexual assaults the the weird throwing the stuff out the window and almost hitting that kid i mean the the list of instances goes on and on and on i think people could have forgiven all of it if he could have given us a happy football memory or two in the waning years of his career and i think at this point it's over josina anderson tweeted out today that there are nfl teams that are still looking to hire to that they're looking to add him that's bullshit it's not true his agent contacted josina anderson or he contacted Josina Anderson at this point in time. AB has now worked his way off of two teams with a hall of fame quarterback on each with probably two of the most, if not the most player friendly coaches in the NFL in locker rooms, surrounded by other stars on winning teams and has now alienated both, both of those squads. If you look at his career stats though, he, he pairs up favorably with a lot of guys. I mean, he's, he basically missed two or three full seasons there, and he's only like 400 yards behind Julio Jones, who everybody seems to think is this was this god. Um, I, I think AB has had the better career than Julio Jones. I really, really do. I, I think on a per-game basis, if you ask me which guy I'd want for one game, I would have taken AB every single day, not thought twice about it. He's just got too too much red in his ledger, as as uh, Hawkeye and uh, and what's her, what's her, Black Widow say all the time. So, no, I don't think he's all a Famer. I personally think that he's a Hall of Famer, um, and I don't. I like. I am not a fan of Antonio Brown, the person. I I think he is a lot in his, a lot of baggage that I'm not too fond of. That I think the voters in the Hall agree are going to keep him out. He's this generation's Terrell Owens, but no. worse. But yeah, but worse. Like ten times worse. Like Terrell is Terrell Owens is not in the Hall for all the all the like antics that he did. 
if we think Antonio Brown's going to get in and Terrell Owens isn't in, like people are in for a very rude awakening. Terrell Owens is in. Yeah, after he is. In. So after, so he did get in this year after years. They made of, him wait a couple years. He didn't yes, go. Yeah. Yes, you're right. Yeah, after he didn't not, go. He did the. Yeah, no. After not being. Yeah, after not being, um, like there, it was an issue, right? I think Antonio Brown's issues are like ten times worse. Like, I don't think he's getting it. I really don't. I mean, you could compare it to baseball, too. Like, look at all the, the steroid guys. Like, it's a little bit different because they're cheating, but, like, I really think that football guys are the same way. Like, I really don't think Antonio Brown's going to get in. And I think his career was worthy, even if he stopped now, of getting in the hall. So that's why I do think he's going to get in, but it's going to take a while. Say, is it the same as, as baseball where they can last – they stay on the bout for 10 years? Is that correct? I don't really know that. Well, like I know baseball be longer than a lot 10. better than, than oh, I thought it was NFLs. Yeah. Is it? I thought it was I'm not that like I know baseballs you can stay on for ten years as long as you're getting a certain amount of votes and then then you can, can stay on there. You know, Moxley, you brought up the baseball one and the steroid guys. Now I don't know that they'll get in, but they've been trending upwards every single year because we're getting new and new voters in, just like you are on, on the NFL side. I agree with you guys. Like, I think if it's very fair to say, I'll say this to his face. He probably kicked my ass. I don't think he's a good human being. He's kind of a piece of crap with the way he treats people off the field and everything we hear about him. But let's also be honest. It's not the hall of integrity. It is not the hall of what you did off the field. It is the hall of fame of what you did on the field. He had a hall of fame career on the field. The worst thing that you can knock him for. If you're a hall of fame voter, then is him quitting on the Buccaneers in that game Sunday and walking off the field the way that he did, which, you know, most stories it's, it lies somewhere in the middle. I don't know that he just quit on the team based on everything that we're hearing where there's proof now of MRIs of him actually having an ankle injury and Bruce Arians telling him, I don't care. You get on the field and play. If his ankle is that messed up and he doesn't want to get on the field and play, I don't know that that's all his fault. Shouldn't have done what he did, but regardless the stats and everything he's put up is a hall of fame player I think he eventually does get in because of that. And it's just, they're going to be people who talk about what he did off the field. It's going to be a part of the discussion, just like it is with the steroids guys, but he's going to eventually get in because of what he did. I, I wrote, you know, right when we started the site or very close to the time we started the site, I wrote an article about how the hall of famers, hall of fame voters needed to apologize to Calvin Johnson and Terrell Owens by not, making Terrell Owens a first ballot Hall of Famer. And in that article, I talked about some of the Hall of Famers with off-the-field issues of varying degrees. Brett Favre. I mean, just think about his time with the Jets and the controversy with Jen Sturger uh, that he had. Think about Lawrence Taylor uh, and, his, and, and, and his partying and drug use, having you know those issues in his background. Austin, you mentioned Tulio Jones. So I guess what I'm saying is, is that I don't know how much of um, your off the field character really comes into play unless they really don't like you to get in. You mentioned Julio Jones. Antonio Brown has more receptions than Julio Jones. He has more receptions than Ter uh, Torrey Holt, Wes Welker, um, Jimmy Smith, Irving Fryer, Rod Smith, Shannon Sharp. I mean, this is a guy who was one of the best receivers, uh, one of the best receivers in the league for several years on end. He has 
Well, uh, this is not sorting by yards. Hold on. Let's see here. <laughs> he, he does have less yards, but um, uh, more career receiving yards than, than uh, Hines Ward, Derek Mason, Michael Irvin, Antonio Gates, Calvin Johnson, um, uh, De- DeAndre Hopkins, who's still playing. Uh, Andre Risen, I believe Andre Risen is a is Andre Risen a Hall of Famer. I think Andre, I think Andre he is. is is a Hall of Famer. Uh, but this is one of the best players at his position for several years. And it, like, had he, re- regardless of whether or not um, uh, he he maintained that level of play because he you know went wild, he, he I think still his numbers warrant Hall of Fame consideration. Maybe he's not a first ballot hall of famer, but I think that he eventually gets in. And I tell you what, Antonio Brown gets in, that's going to be one hall of fame speech to watch. You know, Um, you know, if he, if he hadn't been an asshole, if he could have just played football in Pittsburgh for a couple more years, he'd be almost assuredly over 1500 yards right now. He'd be top seven all time. He'd be top five in receptions all time. The guy just can't help himself. I, I don't really feel that bad for him. Well, not only would he be that now, but Antonio Brown wasn't slowing down. No, I he always thought he could have played a lot longer than Julio Jones. He could have played until 40. He, everybody yes. Him to. Yeah. He could have played until 40. That style of play. This is a dude who ran a 4-7, four, 4-5-7 four, at the combine. He wasn't relied, reliant on speed. He was just a tremendous route runner. You even saw in that last game – him giving the Jets problems in the secondary, like the, not being able to find him on route. So, I mean, we were really going to miss one of the great NFL careers by Antonio Brown not being there. He could have played. I think that he could have gone into his 40s as, as far as playing football. All right. Uh, Matt Bernie, I'm going to throw this other one, this next one to you, this next news segment. Jim Harbaugh is rumored to be considered for the Bear jo- Bears job he would be uh, uh, he would c- consider it. That's the rumor that he would consider leaving U of M. How do you feel about that potential hire for your boy, Justin Fields? Anybody who is in a league with me that I have Justin Fields, he is open. I'm open for business on Justin Fields. I will take Zach Wilson right off your hands, even even swap. I would hate that move for Justin Fields. I do not think Jim Harbaugh Matt admits is- it. He admits it. I don't admit Zach anything. Wilson I admit over it. Justin if, Fields. If Jim Harbaugh ends up in Chicago, then I'm no. I I don't know. I mean, he did good with the 49ers and and Colin Kaepernick. Uh, I think it's going to depend on the staff around him. I just don't think that he's that great a coach. If I'm being honest with you, I mean, everybody's celebrating the year that he had. I mean, it took him 10 years to beat Ohio state. Like, come on. And urban Meyer is not a great coach either. Like I will fully admit urban Meyer is extremely overrated and it took him 10 years to beat Ohio state. I don't know that him going to Chicago would be a good thing. I, I, I think Justin Fields is too talented for it to matter, but a lot of that's, again, it's going to depend on the offense. I guess the one thing that would help is he's always liked having those running quarterbacks. The only difference is he's a much better passer than like a Cade McNamara, Shea Patterson. Uh, I can't even think of all the other crappy quarterbacks Michigan has had over the past decade, but he's been better than all of those. So maybe he still succeeds despite Jim Harbaugh. There's no way Jim Harbaugh's leaving. There's oh, no I know. Chance. He's just trying to get money. Yeah. Well, I yeah. say that, but there's a he's lot really... like where there's smoke, there's got to be some kind of fire, right? But I assume we he's heard doing this it to every get his single money year. Back. 
every single year we heard this except last year. He so he had the pool of assistant coaching salary drop by almost a million and a half. He donated his entire football bonus to the athletic department employees who had to take a cut during COVID, and he cut his salary in half and made it an easy buyout. You don't think he's going to Michigan saying, "Hey, like the NFL's NFL's looking at me. Let's uh, let's get another deal on the table." Like, there's no chance he's leaving for the Bears. And if he does leave for the Bears, I I don't hate it that much. We saw him work wonders with Alex Smith. Like, seriously, Alex Smith was good under him. Like, he wasn't bad. I mean, he was better under Andy Reid. If we're being oh, honest, Andy Reid, what, whatever. But he was, he was not Alex bad. Smith was better under Andy Reid. Let's just be honest. But. Well, Andy Reid's an exception, whatever. But if Jim Harbaugh's going to the NFL, if Jim Harbaugh's going to the NFL, I think Jacksonville is the perfect fit. It it would like though that just meshes perfectly. I think I actually don't think so because Jim Harbaugh, when they made that run to the Super Bowl, I don't like Jim Harbaugh's offense. His student body, right? Get a seal here, get a seal here, and you run it up the alley. That's essentially what Jim Harbaugh is running, but. He incorporated Colin Kaepernick's strengths into that offense with quarterback runs and essentially, you know, really making him a a primary part of the running game. And Justin Fields for all, you know, we, we love Justin Fields on this show, but in five years of watching him play football, he has not been unlocked in the running game at any level. Not this year with the bears, not any season, uh, at Ohio State or Georgia, and Jim Harbaugh could potentially do that. And come on, man, if we're listening to the analytics guys, that's all that matters if you run the football. I mean, this would be great for Justin Fields. What they need is is to incorporate Justin Fields into the running game, but they also need a number one wide receiver. Get Allen Robinson out of here. They need somebody that they can actually throw the ball to. Boop, boop, boop. Okay. Anybody else have anything to – it is a radio show. Like after I get, you know – yeah, somebody has to jump in. And say did you know? Since I since I am now the uh, the head historian here at Debbie Debate, did you know? In one of the first episodes of Debbie Debate, Felix claimed that Jim Harbaugh would never beat Ohio State during his time at Michigan. You did. I, I do now. You did. And the caveat was because you said he was going to get fired after 2019. So just you to know, throw that out. You know out what's there. funny? I'm almost positive, Austin, that you and me were on the opposite side of that. Not that he would beat Ohio State, but that he wouldn't get fired. Like we were championing more for Jim Harbaugh than than Felix was. I'm just not gonna lie. Like as soon as I heard that, like my brain kind of shut off for a few minutes. I had to get up and walk around the office. So it just was over. <laughs> the day was over at that point. That was like 9:30 a.m. So nothing got done today. It's a good show. Being right is overrated. It's a good show. Go listen to old episodes. Um, Makes right. sense. We, we your tagline, but continue. The better listen. episodes are just the ones where someone says something that's like either <laughs> hilarious in the moment and we react, or it's hilarious like just in hindsight whether it's right or wrong. And that was like Matthew, one. like Matthew saying he'd rather have Baker Mayfield over Aaron Rodgers for whatever. My opinion on that has that still has with. still not changed, but you know. Okay, you'd be in the playoffs if you're having a stroke. Chris Mo- Chris Moxley over there, uh, Moxley just going I'm not ballistic. I don't um, even I don't even have. There aren't words in the English language to defend that take. I don't think. <laughs> sure, there are. There's there's a whole dictionary of Matt mushed a couple of them take. together. They didn't really. I guess you can, I guess you can idiot you can the source idiot and that would be a a good start. <laughs> it's a that word take, in the English language. 
I'm that take right. from Matthew is almost ridiculous than his take that he'd rather have $700,000 over a million dollars. That was the most ridiculous take I've ever heard. That that's the most ridiculous. Now, now let's not pile on Matthew. Let's not pile on Matthew. No, that's all right. I'm usually right, so I'm okay with being wrong like a couple times. It's all right. I can't be perfect. All right, I don't know who to throw this next one to. Um, I, Chris Moxley, I guess I'm going to throw it to you. Uh, Caleb Williams is rumored to be going to Georgia. You know, Georgia next year is going to have Branson Robinson and Kendall Milton in the backfield, and you know I, I don't know that we've ever seen what a full realization of Georgia's offense looks like, but you get Caleb Williams there. Maybe they're recovering from letting Justin Fields go, but what, talk about that potential landing spot and talk about what is the bigger impact. Is it Caleb Williams at Georgia, potentially at Georgia or Jameer Gibbs to Alabama? Well, it's definitely Caleb Williams because Alabama fared fine with Brian Robinson this year. And I think Jameer Gibbs is, a fantastic talent. I just, I don't know how much he adds to the offense um, in terms of like, like what, how they can differentiate themselves. They're scoring like 43 points. Like I'm not sure how many points Tamir Gibbs really adds there, but I kind of like Caleb Williams at Georgia. Um, I don't think that Todd Monken is a bad coach. I just think they've got really unlucky or made bad decisions with quarterback play. Like I think letting Justin field, like maybe they've just been bad evaluators of quarterback talent. Um, and the quarterback talent is already evaluated for you when Caleb Williams comes. And so maybe they don't have to make that same mistake they made with Justin Fields. I don't think that's a bad fit either. He's Brock Bowers. He, like you said, he's Branson Robinson, a really good run game. Um, I think Kendall Mitlin will probably carry the ball a lot more this year. He has good receivers. I still think those receivers like pretty good, at least for college players. So I don't hate that landing spot at all. I think it'd be fine for James or James Williams, Caleb Williams. I have no issue issue with it. I think. I like him being tied to Monken because I think Monken can mold a good quarterback when they make the right decision internally. I just don't know how much I trust them to make that right decision without it being like gifted, gifted to them. What do you think their offense looks like if they were to bring him in, Chris? Like, I'm, I'm going to answer I, that question for you because yeah. I realize I've watched almost every single snap of Oklahoma's offense last year. I was going to write something on it. It might be absolute now. But the offense that you run when you have Caleb Williams as your quarterback is Caleb Williams. Like, that is the offense that you run. It is. Does Georgia do, have... though? Yeah. Say again? I, I think so. Because they're losing – Does Georgia do most... that, though, you think? Sorry, they're I don't know why I'm – Yeah. They're losing their two best backs. And I think that the inexperience of Milton and the inexperience of Branson Robinson, I guess McIntosh I – th- I don't think McIntosh – is leaving. Um, I think the inexperience in the backfield would probably lend themselves to a heavier quarterback rushing game and probably putting the ball a lot more in Caleb Williams' hand. Like, I love Stetson Bennett. My love is like out in the universe and it, it's positive vibes only, but like, you're not, you're not putting the ball in his hands to win games every single week. Like, I think you could do that with Caleb Williams. And I think the staff probably is smart enough to recognize that. So I think the offense changes a lot in their, their neutral, script pass rate i think that's the big change that you'll see if if this does come to fruition and if that is the case you're you're going what caleb williams does is you can call whatever you, whatever play that you want to but he holds on to the ball a long time because he wants to play scramble drill football and 
I think one of the things we, we didn't think that he was an accurate passer coming out of the tri-state area, but the thing that he likes to do is hold the ball and then let people get open deep and then throw, you know, 20, 30 yards down the field on something that wasn't actually, wasn't actually called. I mean, so that's what I'm saying. Like whatever offense you're going to call for Caleb Woods, you're, you're just, I would you would just you just need to call your offense Caleb Williams Caleb Williams offense. He's gonna tailor it to himself. So all right. Any final comments on that? <coughs> I don't think he ends Caleb up Williams. there if I had to guess. Good at football. You think he goes back to OU? I don't no, know where he goes. Just, I just think it's not there. I okay. actually think his options are super limited at this point. Like he is there, he could go most places and he would be the best option, but I think most places aren't going to bump. Like the top places aren't going to bump CJ Stroud or, you know, like the, those places are not going to bump their quarterback. And I think he wants a lot of money. And so, there just aren't a lot of schools that have gotten, have nailed NIL yet. Georgia is one. Texas A&M is one, but he will, he won't go to Texas A&M. I don't think, I think that's like absurd. That's why I think uh, what Moxley said on the, the emergency episode could work out if he does go to North Carolina Reason I really do think he's going to end up at Georgia is because they're going to get smoked on Monday by Alabama again, and they're going to need to do something because well, look, Moxie, you just said it, and and it's what's going to change the game. You cannot put the ball in Stetson Bennett's hand to win a game. You just can't, and I don't think that defense is really going to be able to slow down Bryce Young just like they couldn't whatever that was a month ago, a month and a half ago. Uh, and if they get smoked again by Alabama, I think they're going to do everything they can to bring Caleb Williams in because. I do think Kirby at that point is going to be on the hot seat. He's made it to two championships and twice has not been able to beat Alabama. I'm just telling you, I think it's money. It's money. Yeah, our our latest intel is that Caleb Williams is asking for too much NIL money, and we do know that um, they are uh, that Oklahoma is still pursuing Caleb Williams. And we should also mention that Mario Williams, of course, has entered the transfer portal, which really, really sucks. If he, I hope he goes to, to Alabama. Matthew, I want to ask you this question. You hope he goes uh, to Alabama. I'm sorry, not Alabama. Miami, Miami. He's from Tampa Bay. I hope he goes back to Florida. South that Carolina, he, that he got goes it. to Miami, Miami. No, a Jai Hall. I got a Jai Hall going to uh, to South Carolina. Matthew, is there an argument? Really quick, is there an argument for Caleb Williams over Bryce Young, given Caleb Williams? rushing rushing floor bryce young as good as he is he is not showing a willingness to run the football talking about for cff or nfl for dynasty for debbie for cf for college fantasy no i'm still taking bryce young um i've seen like one bad game out of bryce young where i've seen multiple in caleb williams freshman season where he was not really able to elevate an offense, regardless of how bad that offensive line was for Alabama this year. Bryce Young was like almost on point every single game with really just Jamison Williams helping him out on that offense. So I, I, I would still take Bryce Young. All right. All right. Let's move on here to winners and losers from the bowl season. Uh, a lot, a lot of action, a lot of canceled games. Um, Chris Moxley, Let's start with you. I mean, you have on very distinct colors for your uh, for the Columbia, South Carolina team. You got the Gamecocks on. You got the Gamecocks hat on. You got the Gamecocks jersey on. I, don't, I can't even tell whose jersey that is. And you got the Gamecocks flag behind you. Um, tell us who, at least give us your, your uh, uh, winner from the bowl season. 
It's South Carolina. Dukes, Dukes Mayo. Dukes. Dukes. Dukes, 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 Dukes. Mayo. It is an audio medium, so we got to tell Chris Moxley is holding up a can of Dukes Mayo. I don't even think I've, I don't even think we have Dukes Mayo in, in our local grocery stores. It's he, southern. He is holding up a can. It, He's holding it up is a very can. Southern, but very, very good. Um, no, so I, I am obviously playing up to um, my team here, but I legitimately do think there is a case that they are coming out of bowl season. As the like true winner, they haven't had a winning season in three years. Shane Beamer brought him that them that in the first year. Their best player opted out. They had ten other players who were out or transferred. They started a quarterback who I talked about earlier to carry on Joiner, who hadn't thrown a pass in two years. His first his first pass of the game or his first couple passes of the game. There's two touchdowns. The positive momentum with Spencer Rattler coming in, they have a top 20 class. Like, it's all shaping up to be like, this was a really program defining win for Shane Beamer in his first year. You beat North Carolina, who was a 12 and a half point favorite, which is a huge deal in, um, in the grand scheme of things. I think South Carolina really made like huge strides of the program this week. And I'm really excited to see them moving forward. And I'm trying to keep my bias out of it, but like, it was a really big program win. It really, really was. South Carolina. Uh, Austin, who you got as far as winners goes? And I do just want to toss in here, Duke's Mayo is the superior mayo. Um, if they the want to sponsor yeah. any of our shows here at Campus to Canton, I would be yeah. all for it. It is just the best mayonnaise. As a big lover of mayo, um, yes, yes, it's good stuff. Speaking of sponsors, TV Guide, an official sponsor. I mean, not an official sponsor of the Debbie debate. Go ahead, Austin. So if I had to choose one winner, I guess I went a slightly different route than Chris, but I was kind of obvious who he was going to take. I'm going to go with Lorenzo Styles Jr., a guy that I am going to be just spending a redi- like way over market to pick up basically everywhere uh, that I can get. It's not shocking that finally, you know, I don't know if it's a coincidence that Brian Kelly was gone or not, but all of a sudden the passing offense just magically opened up in the first half and they threw for like 350 yards. Like surprise, surprise beneficiary was Lorenzo styles, eight catches, 136 yards and a touchdown. This kid is a true freshman came in. There was a a four-star recruit, a top 12 to 15 receiver. I don't remember exactly where he was in the composite six, one, one eighty six really like the big knock on him was that he's going to go to Notre Dame where the offense is so conservative and they haven't really developed many receivers that are any good uh, in, in recent memory. I think with Brian Kelly gone, Tommy Reese, I have hope that maybe they open up that offense a little bit. Kevin Austin is leaving. He declared for the draft. Another guy that apparently wants to be an undrafted free agent. So I think Lorenzo Styles, that wide receiver room is his if he wants it. There's nobody in the portal that's going to go there to take a job away. Like I think he's going to be the number one there. I wouldn't be surprised if he has 80 catches or so next year. That's a really, really good season. Um, and I think he will be considered a top five wide receiver in the class by the end. And he could be as high as wide receiver three, I think he could sneak up to. He'll never pass Worthy. And I think he would not pass Marvin Harrison if I had to guess either. Austin, Kyron Williams didn't play in this game. Chris Tyree and Logan Diggs, they looked really good too. Do you have a preference for one of those? I mean, and then there's uh, uh, Audric Estime. Yeah, who's miss me with phys- Audric Estime. Who, okay, who's the physical f- freak there. But out of those two, do you have a preference? A physical freak. He's big and slow. Like, no, I do not like Estime at all. Um, I prefer Diggs in terms of like a long-term option, but I actually didn't think he looked that 
good in this game. I definitely thought Chris Tyree played a lot better than him. Chris Tyree can potentially be the Devin Ochain in that offense, and Diggs can be the, you know, Spiller equivalent. I'm not saying he's that good, but um, I think they both have their role, and I think they can both do it pretty well. All right, um, Matthew, if you could uh, wake up for us and uh, give uh, us your I'm uh, good. Uh, you you interrupted with the Chris Tyree thing, which is like further on down the show sheet. I was just gonna continue on the Notre Dame hour here with uh, that. They were my pick to to be the the big winners here. I mean, it really looked like that offense looked more open and and more willing to pass the ball down the field than we've ever really seen in Brian Kelly's time. They they have the tops, they have a top, I believe it's number 7 rated recruiting class. Like he he came in and he kept all Freeman kept all of their recruits. They didn't lose anybody with Brian Kelly leaving. I, I do think they're going to have a good defense moving forward. I like Freeman. I mean, they're going to get whooped by Ohio State in the first game next year. But outside of that, I think they're going to go possibly go undefeated the rest of the year. Like, I actually like what Notre Dame is doing there. If Buchner can get uh, on the field next year and possibly be the guy, I think Notre Dame has a lot of upside. I think big win that they scored that many points against a good Oklahoma State defense, even with the, with the opt-outs and Knowles leaving. Upside. Upside, upside, upside for Notre Dame. That's like like vision for uh for Matt. It's one of Matt's key words, upside. Um okay. right. upside's good. All right. It is a good thing. It is a good thing. Um all right, let's move on here to losers, Chris Chris Moxley. Uh give give us your give us your first loser. Okay, I got I gotta put on a a new hat for this. It is an audio medium, so you gotta you gotta <laughs> want to paint the picture of what's happening. And Chris Moxley has on a tinfoil hat. You just had that laying around, or is your wife gonna yes. be pissed when she goes to cook something later this week and there's no tinfoil in the whole house? Uh, let's say both. Uh, so the big loser is Hawaii, and they didn't even play a bowl game, which goes to tell you how bad Hawaii is currently down. I think they canceled this game because they hate Todd Graham. Hence my tinfoil hat. I don't think there was a COVID issue. I think they saw that Todd Graham was getting $20,000 to play in the Hawaii Bowl. And they said, we don't like this guy. To further that, Mark DeLucci from uh, SFGate. Here are some quotes from his article he wrote about Todd Graham and the players. One player said, a lot of players want him fired, especially the starters. Another told SFGate, me and a lot of others can truthfully say Graham has killed our love and passion of football. Another player said, most of the freshmen are either trying to quit or transfer. Todd Graham has this Hawaii program down so bad that Siobhan Cordero, a kid from Hawaii who played well at Hawaii, transferred out. His own son transferred out of the program. Hawaii is down so bad and they chose not to, I I believe they chose not to play in their bowl because they hate their coach that much and they can't even buy him out because they don't have the money to buy him out. Hawaii is the loser without playing a single snap of bowl game. There's nothing better than being in a C2C league and having one of these West coast teams or Hawaii playing at like 11, their game starting at 11 Eastern time and ending at 3 a.m. Eastern time. And you realize, oh, Calvin Turner and Shevin Cordero, they just won the game for me. Or Carson Strong uh, just won the game for me. Oh, all right. And, um, and Day Day Hunter opted out, their second best offensive player. 
So things are things are not great on the island currently. I'm so just, Chris, did I miss just, you saying this? Uh, Todd Graham is the world's biggest piece of shit. Uh, yeah, they, speaking from somebody that has lived the Todd Graham experience. Yes. Um, did you just drop the quote about what he apparently told them like his first day there? Did I miss uh, you say that? I, I that he, he views Hawaii as a stepping stone to get back to yes. the NFL. Yes. He uh, said, I view y'all as a stepping yeah. stone to get to the NFL. And he told. And he a, expected them to just go like, yes, sir. Yes. Like, let's go. Yeah, he told a non-starter after one snap in the spring game to get the hell out of there because he's never starting a effing snap for us. And he didn't do anything wrong. They just he just pulled him and said, "We don't want you on the field. You're never starting for us." Also, made a kid come at five a.m. and didn't know the kid's name. Had him show up and didn't know his name. He said, "Hey, you show up." And then the kid said, "I was walking down the hall with Todd Graham, and he did not know my name." So yeah, Hawaii well, is down are, bad. I think that yeah, there are a lot of coaches who just aren't good people. Um, all right, let, let, I, I can go into that maybe for the after show. Uh, all right, uh, Austin, your loser from the weekend. Yeah, I'll keep it very quick. I think it's Desmond Ritter. I think he's basically played two plus defenses in his three to four years at Cincinnati. He has performed poorly against both of them. Did nothing against Alabama this week, and I think like uh, he Alec Pierce maybe should have had one or two catches, but he's just. He is not accurate. I don't know what everybody is talking about with this dude. The ball placement is amongst the worst of any player that I've ever seen get first round dra draft hype in my life. This dude is a late round two, round three pick. If anybody takes him before that and expects him to actually start meaningful games in the NFL, they are fooling themselves. We'll wake Matthew up again. To uh, I'm, I'm awake. His, I'm, I was his, waiting. Oh. You're, you, I see your lips about to move and you're, you like to just, you know, transition things. I was just going to start talking. I understand how you want this show. You're to over work. there it's wiping a, your eyes. Radio meet while down. scratching my eyes. Like, I mean, you come know. on now. Just give a I scratch your eye like I did balls. last week. How'd you do that? Like this? Yeah, that one. Sorry. That's one. My eye itches. So I was scratching it. I apologize. Uh, I'm going to stick in the playoff edition here. Um, following up on what Austin said with Desmond Ritter, Michigan. I mean, talk about how it's like one of the best seasons they've had again in like the past 10 years. And then to go out there and just get absolutely decimated by Georgia is an embarrassment. Um, I mean, they did absolutely nothing. It was it was fun for me to watch. Like, I enjoyed every second of it. And I actually picked them to win the game um, and just to see them lose that badly. To, to Stetson Bennett, future hedge fund manager Stetson Bennett. Oh, it was glorious. It was glorious. That has to be like a, you know, Jim Harbaugh took one step forward, like five steps back with that loss. It was a, uh, is is great fun to watch. I I think yeah I yeah yeah almost as, almost as fun to watch that 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 twenty four to fifty two uh, loss to Alabama last year where Jackson Smith and Jigba oh, yeah, your 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 boy had two game. catches for twenty yards and Justin Fields had less than two hundred yards passing. I think that that's it, it was just well, as when fun. Was, when was as the last that time was Michigan last was in so, national? No 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 hold on hold on it's oh, Chris yeah, Moxley's right. turn. It's Chris it Moxley's turn. Over yeah, a decade. I was just, just going to say. Go ahead, Chris. I, go ahead. I think I would be more embarrassed to lose to a team who got beat that, that bad in the playoff 
than be the team that was actually in the playoff. Because I still get playing off playoff revenue. Right. I was actually in the playoff, and I was good enough to beat the team who did not make the playoff. I'm not naming anybody specific. I just think it's I. I just oh think no, it's not you, you can name it. You don't have to beat around the bush. You, I'm Michigan not naming beat Ohio I, State once in ten years. It was a great oh, win. For no, Michigan. you think I'm talking about took that? Five steps back when they got their asses beat by Georgia. Yeah, I mean, you can talk about really Ohio works, State getting yeah. wiped all over the floor by Alabama, but isn't the national championship matters? You getting you to the national championship? If, you if, you if Michigan per, if had you done it, your last. Well, that I, it makes sense coming from a South Carolina fan who's never done anything, so it makes sense having that kind of like lifestyle philosophy. Low okay, cocky Low Ohio blow. State fan. Sorry. Okay, okay. Since you're so hot and bothered, Matthew, why don't you take us into let's talk about the championship game, a rematch. I actually enjoy rematch games. I wish we would have got to see Michigan and Ohio State back in, what, 2004, 2000, about whenever that, that was where Ohio State, speaking of Ohio State getting waxed, Ohio State got waxed by Florida, I believe, that year uh, in the national championship, and then the championship, year before, championship it, game. Um, but, Matthew, go ahead and talk to us about um, – Georgia and uh, Alabama, and, and, and how do you see this game playing out? I already said I think Alabama wins the game. I don't – like, what else do you want me to say? I mean, See, that's why I tell you to wake up. I got Austin's I mean, panties in a wad because I said I didn't want to watch it. I'm going to watch the game. It's going to be a good game, but I don't have to be excited that I'm about to watch Georgia-Alabama again because Georgia has done nothing to prove to me that they can beat Alabama. Uh, I mean – Alabama has looked like the better team here these past couple weeks. They completely blew Georgia's – I mean, it was not a game. And what is Georgia going to do to now challenge them? Because all they have is Brock Bowers. I mean, maybe Pickens will be a little bit healthier and they'll be able to, to challenge him a little bit down the field with that. Stetson Bennett's not going to win him a game. And I don't think that that defense is going to put enough pressure on Bryce Young to stop him from doing what he did to them last time because that Georgia secondary is not good. They have Jameson Williams. Like, I understand they have uh, – what's his name is out? Um, God, Mechie. Mechie. But Brooks stepped up and looked pretty good. Grant, and again, I mean, I think Cincinnati has a good secondary. It's better than Georgia's, in my opinion. And, and Brooks looked okay in that game. Like, I, I just don't think it's going to be that good of a game. I think Alabama's going to win again, likely by at least 14 points. And it's just going to continue to – I mean, he's already the GOAT. He's greatest of all time. It's going to continue to cement how great of a coach and how great of a program he's running in Nick Saban. But I don't think it's going to be a great game. I just don't. Uh, Austin, do you see it differently? I mean, do you this need is a rematch. To, it's hard to beat a team twice. Do you Do you guys need me to tell you exactly how this game's going to play out like I did last week with the two semifinal yes. games? Because I literally gave yes. you the exact what was going yes. to happen and almost gave you the exact scores for them as well. Georgia's going to win this game. Georgia is going to win this game. Alabama benefited a lot last time. They, uh, Georgia, I saw somebody tweet this out, a blue check mark, like a big blue check mark, someone that I trust. I forget who it was today, who said, Georgia, as far as he is aware, had four blown coverages on long touchdown catch or long catches this year. Three of them were against Bama. It was a little more luck than skill, in my opinion. I think Georgia wins this game 24 to 16. I'm going to say it's not super high scoring, lower than 50 points for sure. I think Georgia gets out early in this one, like they did last time, but unlike last time, they run the ball a little bit better. They move the ball a little more efficiently, and they are less unlucky on defense. I mean, 
Bryce Young was just blacked out last game. So that that is what's going to happen. Georgia is going to be the national champion this year. That is not a lukewarm take from Austin Ace. That is a, probably the spiciest Austin has ever been um, here on, on this show since he took – uh, since he took uh, Wake Forest over Rutgers last week. Um, all right, Chris Moxley, can you can you beat that? I forgot about that. I, I don't know if I could be spicier than that, but I, I Austin and I were in lockstep last week. We didn't think either game was going to be close, and we were both right. And I'm with him again this week, maybe not by as many points, but I, I do think Georgia's going to win. It's really hard to beat the same team twice, and I, I wish I remembered who it was. Um, but one of Georgia's coaches gave an interview, I believe, and they were talking about how they self-scattered after the Alabama game and came up with a bunch of stuff that they will do diff- like could have done differently, which is, i.e., do differently this week. I-, I really think that they're going to play a much tighter defensive matchup, and you're going to see a game that's like... I-, I don't know if I can project his final score, but like t- 21, like 17. I, I-, I think Georgia's going to win. I do think it's going to be low scoring, and I do think that Georgia's going to do enough on offense and make Bryce Young's life hard enough. And I, I think that it, it, I, I, I don't know if y'all like how closely y'all watch the UGA uh, Michigan game, but the one game or the one play where Nicobe Dean called out. Um, like exactly what was going to happen and like directed the whole defense. Like that was crazy um, impressive of what, for what he was doing. I think he's going to have that same, that they're going to have that same cohesion and understanding of the Alabama offense this time around. I think they could be a lot better prepared. So I really like, I really like Georgia to win this game. Chris, I think a lot of the audience is just like me. Can you elaborate on what that play was? And I did not see that. Can you just illustrate that a little bit more for us? Yeah, so before the snap, Nicobe Dean is basically calling out, um, like, I, I think he's calling out the play, and I'm not, like, as versus as as, um, as y'all are in terms of, like, what exactly the play is. But Dean basically was like, here's what's going to happen, um, and, like, gave I guess gave the signal to the defense, and it was, like... Is really impressive because he called out the play. I can hop in if you want me to. Blake Corum lined up in the slot on the left hand side. Nicobe Dean was lined up in the middle of the field, basically called out exactly what the play was, started sliding to his left. Blake Corum motioned across the formation, caught a little swing pass. Nicobe Dean, like a freaking missile, shot the whole way across the formation, tackled him in the backfield for like a loss of four yards. Like, saw it happening, called it, and shut it down in the space of like two seconds like it was he beat extremely Blake extremely impressive yeah he beat blake Corum to the spot that Corum needed to be and blake Corum yes. was moving before nicobe dean took a step that's how bad yeah. it was, it was i just want to add one thing on here for for the stats guy that moxley is since 1950 there have been 78 times that two teams have played each other twice in the same season the team that won the first matchup has won 56.4 percent of the time so that is not it's hard to beat the same team twice you, you actually if you won it the first yes. time have a better shot Within of winning the margin the game, of error so just pointing that out. It was incredible, though, Jared. I'll give you that. I mean, it's a, so it's essentially a coin flip, which fifty-six percent of it's like fifty-six point four to forty-three point something. I don't know. It's not really yeah, a coin it's flip. A, the line is like essentially 50, a coin 50. flip. No, I disagree. 
Mine's minus three. So <laughs> take that for what you will. Uh, Thank can we put this Thank on the poll? Is is six percent within the margin of error to be considered a coin flip? Please tweet at, at us at Debbie Debate. All right, that was a much longer show, a very good show uh, that we did, but it's over. It's over now. Um, you can check out all of the content around the campus to Canton family. We're really getting uh, worked up on uh, freshman content. So pay attention to us for that. Of course, there is a 2023 mock draft on the YouTube page. Go subscribe to the YouTube page as good officer Austin Nace uh, told you. We were going to get him on tonight, Kirk Herb Street, but this episode just went too long. So we apologize to Kirk Herb Street. We will get him rescheduled soon. For Austin Nace and Matt Bruning and Chris Moxley, I'm Felix Sharp. Good night and good luck. Side of the field, intercepted by Eli Apple at the 25. And Apple will go to the ground at the 32 and that's it. Ohio State National Champions for the eighth time as they defeat Oregon 42 to 20. Here's Tua stepping back, loads up, looks long, throws, end zone, touchdown! Touchdown, Alabama! Devontae Smith, touchdown, Alabama! And the Crimson Tide has once again ascended to the top of the college football mountain. Their fifth national championship in nine years, their 17th overall. Watson takes a snap, rolls right, looks at the end zone. Hunter and Bob caught it! Touchdown! 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 With a second left, Watson hits Renfro, and Clemson grabs a 34-31 lead and is one second away from the second national championship in school history. Hill. Just in front of his end zone, has a man out there, it is Ranger, and he's off to the races, nobody will catch him! <laughs> 93 yards for the freshman! He made the adjustments in the second quarter. Dobbins again, more than 10 yards per carry, he'll add to that! Goodbye, touchdown Ohio State. From 52 yards.